Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Oh my gosh, Alicia, I just had to be on the phone with this crazy agent that was just like cutting throats and not, not just invested in getting the deal done. He was just crappy. Was it more like he was attacking you and not trying to find the solution to the problem? Right. Like he was just like, he just, he just was just mad. And it wasn't like, I don't even know really what he was all mad about, but it just, it was, you know, things changed with the person's income. Um, they did not file their taxes the way that they had said that they were going to and income was significantly less and we had to do restructure. And I'm here to tell you, he just wanted somebody to be mad at. And I just go into full all out negotiation mode. Exactly. And how you negotiate really, truly is such a skill. I've seen people do it different ways. For me, it's truly finding common ground and killing with kindness and because people want to get the deal done. Right. So where's the solution? And to me, it's super important. And I tell my, and I tell my team when, when they're in the ones that are having conversations where we need to come to a consensus that it's like, we have to come as leaders. Like you're not, you cannot go into the conversation meek and mild, ready, ready to get run over, but you have to be respectful. Right. So, you know, I will often, if there's something like that, number one, I, I will definitely prepare. I will not show up to a conversation with something like that without having uh, educated myself with a solution um, and figuring out a way forward. Yep. So I will wait to have that conversation until I'm, I'm ready for it. And then when I do come, I come as a leader and say, so this is what I can offer. Like hearing the way that I'm speaking um, is important. This is what I have to offer. This is what I think we can do. This is what it's going to cost in order to get there. And this is what I'm willing to do in order to help. Exactly. And sometimes it's putting some money into it. Yeah. And you're yeah, and just thinking outside the box and it can be a fun part of it. Sometimes I hate the negotiations. I just want everyone to just get along. And yeah. And there's so many different sides of negotiation for us. It's with our own clients. It's with agents. Yeah. I don't feel like there's much negotiation with lenders. It's more just communicating with the lenders. Well, I mean, negotiation with a lender could definitely be like, hey, things look different. You yes. know, I need your help. These people are short on cash. Can you now go to the seller and see if you can get a seller credit in order to keep this on track? And keeping see the close date drives me freaking nuts. We have those extra days built in our, into our buy sell. Right. And they constantly use those and they'll use that as an argument for, well, we had these extra days. Yeah, but you- You should have been closing on time, You should have been closing on time. There's no excuses right now not to close on time. Appraisers no. are coming in. Us agents are still putting in about those 45 days. And if it's really tight close, we call them immediately, say, is it possible to get it done as quickly yeah. as we're asking yeah. for? We just picked up a jumbo loan because somebody wasn't able to get it done How inside 30 days. I mean, they only wanted a 30-day close. Hey. It wasn't like they were looking for a 12-day. I mean, if it was a 12-day, I mean, we probably would have tried to make that happen too. It's right. like, what's this going to be a $2,500 appraisal. Let's yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. You know, like and you just got to throw money at it. You also have negotiations. I mean, negotiations kind of sounds like a tougher word than it is, but within your own team, mm -hmm. just figuring things out, what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. And constantly, constantly adjusting. Yes. Constantly adjusting. And like, you know, everyone is going to, when you're negotiating, everybody comes to the table with their viewpoint and what they think needs to happen. And so um, really identifying number one, what the issue is, 
And number two, like what all the options are, the pros and cons, what's the most important thing in order to get out of it in order to move forward. And I think that that's how it is when we're like, when you're talking to your clients about like, what are your priorities? Right. Can we negotiate? You're asking for a three bedroom, two bath, and you want an acre lot and you want to be able to not have any covenants or something like that. Well, I can find you, yeah, I can find you a property, but you're not allowed to have chickens. Can you negotiate on that? Like, is that something, are you passionate about having chickens or are you just want to make sure that you know, that you're able to park your boat on your property. Right. You know, and you, so you got to find the, like where the non-negotiables are, where people are not willing to move, right? but also where you can find the middle ground. Yeah. That's really, that's really the skill. And really what it is, it's leading. It's right. leading. You know, it's, you don't have to, when you're negotiating, you know, I don't have to be right. I mean, there's people with brilliant ideas. I didn't think of it. Right. You know, and there's also, I think one of the biggest skills is reading people. Yeah. There's a lot of tough agents out there that have been there for a long time. And I realize the only way I can get a deal done with them is if I'm harsh with them or at least a little bit more curt and a little bit more... Do they think you're bitchy? Yeah, I rarely get that. But there's some agents that are just straight bitchy. They are. And they only mm-hmm. respond to back with when you're just more direct and you give them the same energy back. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me, but it makes the deal so much easier than me trying to win them over, trying to get them to like, like me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's just not going to happen. That's fine. <laughs> so what I need to do is just be, give you the same energy back, read them and get the deal done that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times like, you know, for clients that uh, need to have an out of the box solution. It's like, you know, I've got somebody right now who went under contract, golly, um, in March and for a a July one closing, it was way too early for them to close or for them to lock in their rate. Well, interest rates are much higher right now. So we have to negotiate how it is that we're going to figure it out because her interest rate is going to be higher. She didn't really want her payment to be higher uh, than what it already was, but rates are dramatically higher and it's going to cost some money. She has limited funds and she did not want to have to ask for any money from her mom and dad, but we're going to have to come to a negotiation. Like we're going to have to come to a compromise. It's like, do you want to buy a home or do you not? Because if you have limited funds, we have to fill in this blank somehow. This is what I'm willing to do. I'm going to do this concession for you to make it a little bit more affordable for you. This is what I can do. Are you willing to ask your mama if she can loan you, you know, $10,000? You know, and that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of people that have to borrow from their parents. I would say pretty much gifting, gifting, yes, gifting, gifting. Um, (laughs) but almost every first time home buyer, that's what they're having to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just seeing a lot of people having to pull efforts together and negotiate a new living strategy in order to make that doable situation. Yeah. Pan, I'm in like some crazy deals right now with all these lawyers are involved, not because of me, but with they have lawsuits happening and in order to get these deals done, there's like liens on properties and trying to figure it all out. And like one of my deals, they've been, um, we've had to delay our due diligence period multiple times because of our end. We finally kind of get things figured out. And basically they were just kind of snapping at me that this one part of it wasn't done yet. And it was like 12 hours from the time they gave me this paper that needed to be signed. But they have been the reason everything's been delayed. It's been also like another four month close. Mm. And I finally had to just be like, you're the reason that this deal hasn't happened yet. Yes, It's been all of these lawyers and happenings and you have to keep pushing the due diligence period. And so sometimes again, being standing up for yourself and letting them know where they were wrong. Yeah. Is, is really important as well. Yeah. No, we, we have to talk about like where the bear shit in the woods, like exactly. literally like that's part of how we have to communicate with people. There has to be accountability. It's not just about protecting everybody's feelings. Right. We, obviously, we try to be respectful. Um, that's important. But it is to talk about like, this is where you messed up. Yep. This is where I messed up. 
And this is how we're going to figure yes. it out together. And if I mess it's up, okay. being accountable, being held yes. accountable is best thing I can possibly do. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that that happened. Yep. And obviously trying to stay in front of that as much as possible, but owning yours is a huge way to also just get past hurdles. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can come to a consensus and then we can all move forward. Right. And then, you know, we've gotten to the goal of whatever the good, well, for us, it's the goal of homeownership. Exactly. You know, it's like, what do we need? That's the most important thing. So if that's our biggest goal, then this is what we need to do. And this is what I'm willing to give. This is what you're willing to give. And then we can come out at the end of it and hug it out. Yeah. Move on to the next one. I have a feeling you're really good at negotiating. I'm really good at negotiating. Unfortunately, my husband will tell you that I think it's a downside being married to me. I don't ever <laughs> lose an argument. And I don't know, it's not a good thing when you're married. I just adamantly see my side of it and I just keep working and compromising and edging and kind of getting it where it needs to be into some sort of semblance of happiness on the other side of it. And I don't know, I try to make it work. I just try to make it work. That's good, but good for you though. Yeah. Because you know what you believe and you stand for it. I'm not a doormat. You're not a doormat. I'm not a doormat. <laughs> just I've been not. a doormat and getting way stronger in myself and understanding my power and what I can do and what I'm capable of. So I've definitely yeah. grown a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. It is. A, it's a humongous growth period. Yep. I think back like when we were in our early twenties, oh. can you imagine? We were just like little limp noodles. So, well, yes and no. Cause also <laughs> like when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. Yeah. I, I thought like, I knew everything. And like oh. I knew all the answers to everything. Yeah. And now the older I get and the more I know, the less I know. I just remember just being super intimidated by somebody else's status or their accomplishment or to the Same. point that I would like, I would try to talk and my, my throat would actually feel like it was closing, you know? And then I would just like, you know, like. And now you like, talk to the most important people all around you and you just dominate. I love talking to big, was, to especially high producing women. I just love it. I, they're, they're my people. They're right. my people. I get excited about it. I'm not scared about it anymore. And I've all. heard about your public speaking. I can't remember who I was talking to, someone in the industry and saying that you were the best public speaker they've heard in years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You have to think back who that was. I know, That's going right? to make, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, so I've oh. never heard you do public speaking, but I heard oh, you're absolutely like. Oh, that makes me like... so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's all I need. I'm good for a you're month. You're done. You're good. I'm good for a month. I'm going to fly on so that cool. for a while. Oh, that's so You cool. know what? The thing about public speaking and speaking in front of anybody or even going and talking face-to-face -to, -face to a high producer or anything like that. Number one, folks out there, the high producers are the ones you want to talk to anyways because they're really, really good people. Yeah. So don't be intimidated by somebody who's a high producer. They're the ones that number one know what they're going to, what they, uh, what, what they're doing. You can learn from them. You should just sit down and shut up and learn when they talk and when they're talking to you. Mm -hmm. Because, and that's the most important thing to do to anyways when somebody's talking to you, especially somebody who's been a producer, is shut up. You don't need to explain to them how amazing you are. You don't need to like say, yeah, yeah, me too, blah, blah. You just need to shut up. And most high producers will literally give you the keys to the castle. Right. And that's also true with art of negotiating. Sometimes just letting somebody else vent, give their whole point out, mm -hmm. get it all out. Yeah. And then just allow that to happen. Yeah. And then from there, once that they've really just spewed all over you, then you can start to process from there. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. Just, and you don't necessarily have to get your point across to make the good no. negotiations. Let them get it out and then figure out where the common ground is. Exactly. That's a really good point. Yep. Just just sit there and, and listen. We're so frequently when we're communicating with people, we are looking for the opportunity to respond. Right. Like we think we got to respond really quickly. And and you can really tell people who are really good listeners because they will they will actually pause when they respond, like our husbands are really good listeners, you know, when they pause and you and I were like, 
Oh, you know, 100%. We're always, always on like, to the we're next, ready, next, We're next. ready to respond. And, and it's really important just to sit back and listen and process and think about what it is you're going to say. Circling back to public speaking, you know, any one of us that are in this industry or even in any industry, but, you know, I only know this one, so I'm going to talk on that. It's really, really important for you to hone your public speaking skills. And I, for me, it was number one, identifying the fact that I don't do well in a scripted situation. I don't do well with that. So I you do, speak more off the, off the cuff? I, completely off the cuff. Really? Yeah, I cannot script anything. No, no, no. I can't script anything. I will mess it up. Okay, interesting. So, or are you just more too robotic? Or are you actually... Uh, it just... It's very, I don't ever want to read something. The only time I'll ever like prepare anything like that is if it's like, I didn't really have much time to prepare like Prospero speaking or anything. You saw me speak. Right. I mean, that was just like. Oh, you did do a great job. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, it was just, I put some things together, but most of the time I work off of bullet points and I'm generally talking about things I'm talking about all the way, all the time anyway. So I'm well versed on it. But you have to get it out of your mind, the the anxiety. I remember just getting pissed at myself. Like, stop screwing yourself over because I would get so nervous that I couldn't speak. Like, I literally couldn't, the, the words would not come out of my mouth and my heart would be pounding. It was like, you're literally cutting your own throat. You need to think about public speaking as just having a conversation with one person in the room. Right. And But we have to, especially as leaders and, you know, with you now leading a team, And, you know, you have to be able to get up and demonstrate to people, like to your team, that it's okay to get up and speak and lead, you know, and I'm responsible for all these people. And I am frequently asked to speak in front of people and I have to do a good job of it. And you do. I really want to know who said that. I'll have to to rack my brain. I know it was some like sort of networking business thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, have just figured it out. You just have to figure it out. I definitely was not good at it growing up at all. And um, well, I'm proud of how far you've come. Oh, girl, me too. Yes, me too. Yes. We just keep negotiating our way higher. That's right. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate. Mm-hmm.